You're listening to Yale Radio WYBC. This is Brainerd Carey with the lives of the artists, architects, curators, and more. Today on our show, I'm talking with Gabby Sahar. Gabby's talking to me from London. Gabby, thanks for being with me today. No worries. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited. Gabby, let's talk about your your work. You're in London now. Um, Your show just um, came down. We're talking on August 24th, and you had a show this summer at Page in New York City called Released. Um, There's two two things in it that I want to talk about, of course, and one is um, the central mural of the exhibition. Can you tell me a little bit about that mural? There's, There's really a narrative in there, correct? Yeah, that's correct. So um, for anyone who hasn't seen Page, it's quite a small space. Um, It's actually as big as my studio space in London. So it's kind of like your traditional small New York or London gallery. Um, And I kind of wanted to take a different approach to doing a show in a small space by making something quite large, quite quite large scale. So when you walked into this small space, you were fully immersed into this uh, very dynamic mural. Um, but the mural, just thinking back to the process of making it, is a, uh, it's a kind of collage of uh, found archival imagery from three different areas of, between London, New York, and uh, Brazil. Um, so that's the Museum of Youth and Culture in London, the Centre in New York, and the Brazilian Museum of Gender and Sexual Diversity. I think I might be saying it right. Um, So I cultivated a lot of uh, archival imagery to recreate a very public scene um, in which you can see uh, parts of a protest, historically and contemporary, um, just different tropes as well that we associate with uh, public space, cash machines, streets, sidewalks, um, mascots, suited people, young people. And in this mural, uh, the reason for making it was that I think just in London in the last couple of years, I've just been very like bogged down by the way the country is slipping into a more conservative direction, a more right-wing uh, direction, and thinking about what that meant for LGBT people and what that meant for just... Uh, queer and feminist politics, essentially, and body autonomy. Um, so I was interested in the origin of ideas and how we come, how we produce ideas, how we articulate, um, what things go into articulating, what enables us to articulate our struggle, um, how class, sexuality, gender, ethnicity, and disability all go into the process of articulation. Um, and through that, I was also interested in just asking wider questions about who can afford articulation, like um, who is it for? But yeah, so this mural just has a lot of different figures, individuals, or asking these simultaneous questions. Um, I was also just interested in how the mural depicts the LGBT body, the queer body, and through that, normally in my practice, I always try and stay away from binary, binary outcomes of reproducing 
figures which are maybe more leaning to one gender or another, but to kind of include a more variant uh, forms of the body. Um, and I was interested in that being a framework to talk about LGBT people worldwide, um, LGBT people in Dubai, in Tokyo, in Paris, in London, and thinking about how what are the subcultural links between these different communities and using the archival imagery um, as a kind of case study to talk about this interconnectedness and how our lives are all bound by each other's in a way and thinking about that through a more subcultural lens in comparison to a more mainstream lens really so yeah that's just a little bit about the mural yeah, I'd love to dive into that even more. And I, there, there's so you know, this is um, a mural that has yeah a, a lot to say, and there's so many ways to approach it. I'd love to talk about more of those characters before we do. There's there's a painting in there that's kind of talking to this painting, right? There's a painting across from it that's um, that's very small, and, and just a. Can you explain a little bit how those dialogue? Because that's also about using that 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 space, of course, of this specific gallery which is small you have this huge piece on one side and then a very small piece that that looks like it's speaking to the uh to the piece on the other side yeah um as i was saying before how i'm interested in the very starting point of ideas of articulation of the origins of these things um i wanted to have a small piece in the show opposite to this huge mural that was a very small concentrated painting and a very clear figure and the role that painting plays is a kind of embodiment of an artist, essentially, a storyteller, a narrator, um, the kind, an individual who's writing diary entries, for example. And I was interested in this parallel between the mural being a very public setting um, and the opposite painting being a very anonymous, intimate painting. So to make the viewer think about like I was saying before, um, how information travels through these subcultural networks up until a more mainstream level of society and then boils over into public space and thinking about um, how that information can become misinterpreted, become uh, translated so it's more digestible for people not in the contemporary art world who'd have no understanding of uh, queer politics or anything like that um, so yeah that's a little bit about the dynamic between the two works which is which is also about the dynamic between um, uh, spectator in some way and and art isn't it isn't it also a stand-in for a, a viewer isn't this uh, I mean and just just stop me from I'm, I'm reaching too far but that this is uh, this is something to to learn from. This is something to understand. There, there's a message here, and it's also about the individual, to some degree, understanding that message. Is, is, is that correct? Yeah, I think it's about, I guess, the process of learning. Um, the overarching theme for all these themes I'm talking about was essentially knowledge, how we do knowledge building and the process of learning, articulating, etc., and what you have just said of the small painting being the spectator, the viewer as well. Um, I did really want to reproduce that dynamic um, 
through the artwork and I think as well when I make work I'm always conscious about the audience and the viewer gaining something from the work whether it's a kind of critical consciousness that to then enter the real world and to see their world or even just LGBT individuals in a different light um, so yeah that that friction between the spectator the viewer and the artwork is I think is also something that plays a, a strong role through the two paintings as you've just said and so let's go back to the to the larger piece and, and talk mm -hmm. about the light that everyone's presented in because as you said this was also a reaction to politics right we're we're talking on august 24th in 2022 and and yeah there's been a little a lot of political upheaval all over the world you're talking from a perspective in from london which may be different from the perspective here uh, and of course the work is a, a global perspective mm -hmm. of, of all these different countries um is it meant to speak to people who are who aren't um who are making this world a more difficult and hateful place is is is, is that is that part of the idea because this does seem to be uh, uh an educational tool in some aspects i mean i would love for the work to have that reach and for it to be seen by audience audiences who wouldn't necessarily see it because i do see the work as an educational tool and also i just would love to see that dynamic play out but um it like it was so strange when we opened the show it was around the time that abortion rights became overturned and for me that made the work even more relevant because what i was trying to say through the mural was to reimagine the queer body um, and even bodies in general who identify outside dominant structures um, as essentially like not a threat to society as liberated from their binaries and categories that categorize them in um, in more dominant heterosexual structures in society and although um, not everyone lives in these big cities that I'm making work about I hope that people who um, maybe more from more marginalized backgrounds can uh, identify with the work and uh, maybe even aid in that process of self-actualization or something. Um, so, yeah. And, and, and currently, is there um, uh, a kind of different sense of the pressures that are on the LGBTQ community in in London and England as opposed to um, New York and the United States? Um, I think there's a pressure on the community worldwide. I think rights can just slip backwards at any given moment. Um, and I think it's also like external environments, external politics that create an in, a high-pressured environment. For example, like in the UK, um, the the UK wanting to leave Europe and upping its immigration laws and uh, kind of slipping back into a more right-wing direction. There's questions to be asked there about trying to fight conservatism and seeing how that conservatism can bleed into different areas of uh, your everyday navigation of the city. And I think that can cause a high-pressured situations for LGBT individuals because 
hate crime goes up when uh, bigger uh, rules and immigration laws go up as well and it's kind of for me I see it as all interconnected basically um, so I think we're constantly fighting a high pressured environment uh, yeah and this and the work that um, that you're making that, that just came down in this show that we're discussing um, because we're talking about it in the context of politics and activism does it generate a conversation in, in, in particular that, that, that surprised you or was um, anything you want to share about about how people talk about the work and, and the show could be it could have been maybe during the opening or, or something like that do, do you find that's the, that's the case um, well, I sadly couldn't go to the opening, um, so I didn't get a chance to interact with people firsthand to the work. But I think, uh, I think any time you kind of release a massive painting, a mural, which tries to reflect a, a daily reality for someone or a group of people or a community, I always think that that's. Um, I think it just continues the narrative basically for those individuals and for the communities that I'm trying to talk about in my work. Um, I also think like thinking just about subcultural spaces and whether that's a subcultural art space or subcultural queer space or something, these spaces are always being um, eradicated in cities and when we see work which is about uh, a culture which is shrinking essentially due to contemporary living, to modernization and um, housing and property which don't enable certain cultural spaces to flourish. And when we see work which are about those cultural spaces, I think it can be really reassuring. So for people, it can be, it can generate conversations about. Uh, how people live alternative lives or imagine their life narratives different to what we're often presented with in dominant uh, societal patterns of living your life, of um, growing up, essentially. I, I like that. I think that's, um, that's, that's so true and, and so important, in, especially in these times where we're living in, because as, as you're saying, there's a... Um, there's a, there's, a, there's a move to the right in, in general, and as you're seeing, you know, uh, as you're saying centers closing and there being kind of more pressure all over the world, um, what what else are people doing to 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 kind of fight back and resist? This is you know what you're doing as an artist. You're connected to all of these these centers, or, or, or in some ways talking about them. Do you feel that there is? Um, it seems like a scary time, right? I mean, to be honest with you, it seems like a scary time. So I'm just wondering, like, what else is happening to to push back against this? Do you see other communities uh, with, you know, that that you're discussing also uh, pushing pushing back? Yeah, I mean, I do think it is a scary time in general to be alive. Like it, I like it is. It can be quite fearful just going into the world nowadays and. Um, I see a lot of activism groups pushing back. I see artists pushing back, but I would like to see more paintings push back. I guess my area in activism is um, essentially my practice, my painting, and um, I, I think painting is a great tool to talk about these things because 
it can have such a, a strong impact on another human. Um, and for me, I think I would just like to see more, yeah, more painting, more artworks push back and be more resistant. Like I've always said, and I've always thought that the art world can always can be a very conservative place. And I, I want to see like more people just making work that challenges, that pushes back, that kind of goes against the fabric and grain of everything we know of how we even discuss topics of f forming knowledges and um, and just thinking of more grassroots initiatives around knowledge that maybe the art world needs to hoover up a little bit more. I agree. I agree. I so agree. Well, um, it's been a pleasure talking about this work. Thank you for discussing it and, and making it. I want to ask you one more question, which is, mm -hmm. Uh, off topic, but what are you reading at the moment? Um, right now I'm reading a book which is quite random, but it's called I think it's called Beyond Blue Lines and it's about a, a very successful British police officer who um, was making over 500 arrests um, per year and uh, really like did very well in the British policing system but then had halfway through his career um, a breakdown and essentially like a kind of mental crisis. Um, so I'm kind of interested through this book which I have yet to finish how he accumulated all this power and how that power then kind of essentially crippled him <laughs> a bit and how what he's doing now to, to I don't know deal with it I'm I'm reading it because when I was younger, I actually used to date a police officer, so I feel like it's quite like relatable as well for me <laughs> at the moment. And also, I'm just enjoying it because I'm quite interested in policing strategies um, and all of that stuff at the moment. Yeah, that sounds so interesting. Um, Gabby, I want to thank you so much for talking to me today. I appreciate your, your work and your... Um, your narratives and your show, and I just want to thank you so much for talking with me. Thank you so much. It was like such a pleasure to get an opportunity to talk about the work because often you don't get a very like in-depth uh, chance or even a podcast to say anything about the work from a show. So it's, it's been really great. Thank you. You're listening to Yale Radio WYBC. This is Brainerd Carey with the lives of the artists, architects, curators, and more. <laughs>